Chapter Nine of Moods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Moods by Louisa May Alcott. Chapter Nine. Holly. Another gift for you, Sylvia. I don't know the writing, but it smells like flowers, said Mark, as a smiling maid brought in a package on Christmas morning. Sylvia tore off the wrapper, lifted a cover, and exclaimed with pleasure, though it was the simplest present she had received that day. Only an oyster basket, graceful in design and shape, lined with moss, and filled with holly sprays the scarlet berries glowing beautifully among the polished green no note no card no hint of its donor anywhere appeared for none of them recognized the boldly written address presently a thought came to sylvia in a moment the mystery seemed to grow delightfully clear and she said to herself with a glow of joy this is so like adam i know he sent it i must say it is the most peculiar present i ever saw and it is my belief that the boy who brought it stole whatever article of value it contained for it was very carelessly done up no person in their senses would send a few sprigs of common holly to a young lady in this odd way said prue poking here and there in hopes of finding some clue. It is not common, but very beautiful. We seldom see any so large and green and full of berries. Nor is it odd, but very kind, because from the worn look of the wrapper, I know it has been sent a long way to please me. Look at the little ferns in the moss, and smell the sweet moist odor that seems to take us into summer woods in spite of a snowstorm ah he knew what i should like who knew asked mark quickly you might guess and fearing that she had betrayed herself sylvia hurried across the room to put the holly in water aha i see said mark laughing who is it asked prue looking mystified geoffrey whispered Mr. Yule, with an air of satisfaction. Then all three looked at one another, all three nodded sagely, and all three glanced at the small person bending over the table with cheeks almost as rosy as the berries in her hand. Everyone knows what a Christmas party is when a general friendliness pervades the air and good wishes fly about like confetti during carnival to such a one went sylvia and mark that night the brother looking unusually blithe and debonair because the beloved jessie had promised to be there if certain aunts and uncles would go away in time the sister in a costume as pretty as appropriate for snow and holly made her a perfect yule Sylvia loved dancing and knew wallflowers only by sight. Therefore she was busy. Her lover's gift shone greenly in bosom, hair, and fleecy skirts. 
therefore she was beautiful and the thought that adam had not forgotten her lay warm at her heart therefore she was supremely happy mark was devoted but disappointed for jessie did not come and having doomed the detaining aunts and uncles to a most unblessed fate he sought consolation among less fair damsels now go and enjoy yourself i shall dance no more round dances for i'd rather not with any one but you and you have been a martyr long enough mark roamed away and finding a cool corner sylvia watched the animated scene before her till her wandering glance was arrested by the sight of a newcomer and her mind busied with trying to recollect where she had seen him the slender figure swarthy face and vivacious eyes all seemed familiar but she could not name for their possessor till he caught her eye when he half bowed and wholly smiled then she remembered and while still recalling that brief interview one of their young hosts appeared with the stranger and gabriel andre was duly presented i could hardly expect to be remembered and am much flattered i assure you do you suffer from the shower that day miss yule the speech was nothing but the foreign accent gave a softness to the words and the southern grace of manner gave an air of romance to the handsome youth sylvia was in the mood to be pleased with everybody everything and was unusually gracious as the merrily pursued the subject suggested by his question presently he asked is warwick with you now he is not staying with us but he, with his friend mr moore he was the gentleman who pulled so well that day yes is warwick with him still oh no he went away three months ago i wonder where so do i the wish had been impulsively expressed and was as impulsively echoed young andre smiled and liked miss yule the better for forgetting that somewhat lofty air of hers you have no conjecture then i wish to find him much very much but cannot put myself upon his trail he is so what you call peculiar that he writes no letters leaves no address and roves here and there like a born gianto have you ill news for him i have the best a man could desire but fear that while i look for him he has gone to make a disappointment for himself you are a friend i think i am then you know much of him his life his ways yes both from himself and mr moore then you know of his betrothal to my cousin doubtless and i may speak of it because you will be so kind you may perhaps help us to find him i did not know perhaps he did not wish it began sylvia folding one hand tightly in the other with a quick breath and a momentary sensation as if some one had struck her in the face 
he thinks so little of us i shall not regard his wish just now if you will permit me i would say a word for my cousin's sake as i know you will be interested for her and i do not feel myself strange with you sylvia bowed and standing before her with an air half mannish half boyish gabriel went on in the low rapid tone peculiar to him see then my cousin was betrothed in may a month after adam cries out that he loves too much for his peace that he has no freedom of his heart or mind that he must go away and take his breath before he is made a happy slave for ever ottila told me this she implored him to stay but no he vows he will not come again till they marry in the next june he thinks it a weakness to adore a woman impertinate i have no patience for him gabriel spoke indignantly and pressed his foot into the carpet with a scornful look but sylvia took no heed of his petulance she only kept her eyes fixed upon him with an intentness which he mistook for interest the eyes were fine the interest was flattering and though quite aware that he was both taking a liberty and committing a breach of confidence the impulsive young gentleman chose to finish what he had begun and trust that no harm would follow he has been gone now more than half a year but has sent no letter no message nothing to show that he still lives ottila waits she writes she grows too anxious to endure she comes to look for him i help her but we do not find him yet and meantime i amuse her my friends are kind and we enjoy much as we look about us for this truant adam if sylvia could have doubted the unexpected revelation this last trait was so like warwick it convinced her at once though the belief to which she had clung so long was suddenly swept from under her she floated silently with no outward sign of shipwreck as her hope went down pride was her shield and crowding back all other emotions she kept herself unnaturally calm behind it till she was alone if gabriel had been watching her he would only have discovered that she was paler blonde than he had thought her that her address was more coldly charming than before and that her eye no longer met his but rested steadily on the folded fan she held he was not watching her however but glancing frequently over her head at something at the far end of the rooms which a crowd of assiduous gentlemen concealed his eye wandered but his thoughts did not for still intent on the purpose that seemed to have brought him to her he said as if reluctant to be inopportunate, yet resolved to satisfy himself. Pardon me that I so poorly entertain you, and let me ask one other question in Otella's name. This moor, 
would he not give us some clue to adam's haunts he is absent and will be till spring i think where i do not know else i could write for you did mr warwick promise to return in june yes then if he lives he will come your cousin must wait it will not be in vain it shall not the young man's voice was stern and a passionate glitter made his black eyes fierce then the former suavity returned and with his most gallant air he said you are kind miss yule i thank you and put away this so troublesome affair may i have the honor if he had proposed to waltz over a precipice sylvia felt as if she could have accepted provided there was time to ask a question or two before the crash came a moment after mark was surprised to see her floating round the room on the arm of the olive-coloured party whom he recognized at once his surprise soon changed to pleasure for his beauty-loving eye as well as his brotherly pride was gratified as the whirling couples subsided and the young pair went circling slowly by giving to the graceful pastime the enchantment few have skill to lend it and making it a spectacle of life-enjoying youth to be remembered by the lookers-on thank you i have not enjoyed such a waltz since i left cuba it is the rudest of rude things to say but to you i must confide it because you dance like a spaniard the ladies here seem to me as cold as their own snow and they make dancing a duty not a pleasure they should see otella she is all grace and fire i could kill myself dancing with her adam used to say it was like wine to watch her i wish she was here to give us a lesson she is but will not dance to-night here cried sylvia stopping abruptly why not elliot is mad for her and gave me no peace till i brought her she is behind that wall of men shall i make a passage for you she will be glad to talk with you of adam and i to show you the handsomest woman in habana let us wait a little i should be afraid to talk before so many she is very beautiful then you will laugh and call me extravagant as others do if i say what i think so i will let you judge for yourself see your brother stands on tiptoe to peep at her now he goes in and there he will stay you do not like that perhaps but otella can not help her beauty nor the power she has of making all men love her i wish she could she is gifted and accomplished as well as lovely asked sylvia glancing at her companion's gloomy face she is everything a woman should be and i could shoot adam for his cruel neglect gabriel's dark face kindled as he spoke and sylvia drearily wished he would remember how ill-bred it was 
to tire her with compliments of her friend and raptures over his cousin he seemed to perceive this turn a little haughty at her silence and when he spoke was all the stranger again this is a contradanza shall we give the snow ladies another lesson first may i do myself the pleasure of getting you an ice a glass of water please i am cool enough without more ice he seated her and went upon his errand she was cool now weary-footed sick at heart and yearning to be alone but in these days women do not tear their hair and make scenes though their hearts may ache and burn with the same sharp suffering as of old till her brother came she knew she must bear it and make no sign she did bear it drank the water with a smile danced the dance with spirit and bore up bravely till mark appeared she was just then and his first words were have you seen her no take me where i can and tell me what you know of her nothing but that she is andre's cousin and he adores her as boys always do a charming woman who is kind to them affect to be admiring these flowers and look without her knowing it or she will frown at you like an insulted princess as she did at me sylvia looked saw the handsomest woman in havana and hated her immediately it was but natural for sylvia was a very human girl and otella was one whom no woman would love however much she might admire hers was the type of character where every age has reproduced varying externally with climates and conditions but materially the same from fabled circe down to lola montes or some less famous srin whose subjects are not kings the same passions that in ancient days broke out in heaven-defying crimes the same power of beauty intellect or subtly the same untamable spirit and lack of moral sentiment are the attributes of all latent or alert as the noble or ignoble nature may predominate most of us can recall some glimpse of such specimens of nature's work in a daring mood many of our own drawing-rooms have held illustrations of the nobler type and modern men and women have quailed before royal eyes whose possessors ruled all spirits but their own born in athens and endowed with finer intellect otella might have been an aspasia or cast in that great tragedy the french revolution having paid a brave part and died heroically like roland and corday but set down in uneventful times the courage wit and passion that might have served high ends dwindled to their baser counterparts and made her what she was a fair allurement to the eyes of men a born rival to the peace of woman 
a rudderless nature absolute as fate sylvia possessed no knowledge that could analyze for her the sentiment which repelled even while it attracted toward warwick's betrothed that he loved her she did not doubt because she felt that even his pride would yield to the potent fascination of this woman as sylvia looked her feminine eye took in every gift of face and figure every grace of attitude or gesture every daintiness of costume and found no visible flaw in otella from her haughty head to her handsome foot yet when her scrutiny ended the girl felt a sense of disappointment and no envy mingled with her admiration as she stood forgetting to assume interest in the camellias before her she saw gabriel join his cousin saw her pause and look up at him with an anxious question he answered it glancing toward that part of the room where she was standing otella's gaze was fixed upon her instantly a rapid but keen survey followed and then the luxurious eyes turned away with such supreme indifference that sylvia's blood tingled as if she had received an insult mark i'm going home she said abruptly very well i'm ready when safe in her own room sylvia's first act was to take off the holly wreath for her head throbbed with a heavy pain that forbade hope of sleep that night looking at the little chaplet so happily made she saw all the berries had fallen and nothing but the barbed leaves remained a sudden gesture crushed it in both her hands and standing so she gathered many a scattered memory to confirm that night's discovery warwick had said with such a tender accent in his voice i thought of the woman i would make my wife that was otella he had asked so anxiously if one should keep a promise when it disturbed one's peace that was because he repented of his hasty vow to absent himself till june it was not love she saw in his eyes the night they parted but pity he read her secret before that compassionate glance revealed it to herself and he had gone away to spare her fully further folly she had deceived herself half blindly cherished a baseless hope and this was the end even for the nameless gift she found a reason with a woman's skill in self-torture moore had met adam had told his disappointment and still pitying her warwick had sent the pretty greeting to console her for the loss of both friend and lover this thought seemed to sting her in sudden passion as if longing to destroy every trace of delusion she tore away the holly wreaths and flung them in the fire took down the bow and arrow warwick had made her from above the egotee 
where she had arranged the spoils of her happy voyage snapped them across her knee and sent them after the holly followed by the birch canoe and every pebble moss shell or bunch of headed grass he had given her then the osier basket was not spared the box went next and even the wrapper was on its way to immolation when as she rent it apart with a stern pleasure in the sacrifice it was going to complete from some close fold of the paper hitherto undisturbed a card dropped at her feet she caught it up and read in handwriting almost as familiar as her own to sylvia a merry christmas and best wishes from her friend geoffrey moore the word friend was underscored as if he desired to assure her that he still cherished the only tie permitted him and sent the green token to lighten her regret that she could not give no more warm over sylvia's sore heart rushed the tender thought and longing as her tears began to flow he cares for me he remembered me i wish he would come back and comfort me End of chapter 9 Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.